You're listening to the Just Giants Podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I'm your host, the football grump, and with me as always is Mike, the Cranky Fan. Uh, hello, Grump. Got a little uh, a little bug I think I'm developing here, so there might be some random coughing during this episode, so I apologize. I'm just getting over, so. In advance, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, you know, the weather's starting to get cold up here in New York, and I am headed down to Nashville on Saturday for Florida, Vanderbilt, and Lightning predators and it's supposed to be 22 degrees saturday morning for tailgating for an 11 o'clock start so for the giant game sunday it'll be actually warmer for me so think about that but fans in buffalo are calling you a pussy right now as they're <laughs> probably pissed off they have to go all the way to detroit to watch their team play the oh, they browns moved they moved it this afternoon yeah so this is oh. recording this thursday this is a little bit early for us we're recording around 9 30 um, I want to say it was right before I went to the gym. It was like 5 o'clock maybe. They mm-hmm. finally moved it. Uh, there was a chance of thunder snow. You ever been through that? Thunder snow? I've seen lightning. like, But it's not not like a whole storm. Like I saw the sky light up when I was like driving home in a, in a snowstorm. But it wasn't a consistent thing. Have you? Uh, we did. The blizzard we had that one year when it was President's Day. We um, It was like noon. And all of a sudden it just... Like, is that lightning? And all of a sudden you hear, that's my sound effect for thunder. Yeah, that's, that was some pretty weak thunder. That but. might be the uh, the opening intro credit music going forward. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. Um, yeah, I'm actually kind of bummed. I was, I, I have some, I have some, um, some real life staff that live in the area up there that are big time Buffalo Bills fans. Um, and they're, they're just pissed off about the weather in general. <laughs> I think they're facing like two feet of snow or something like that. You're I bitching about 22 degree weather. I believe we're playing up there next year. If we look at the 2023 schedule, I think we're, we have the right? AFC East. We're definitely playing AFC East. And I believe we are up there next year. Last time they came here. I remember cause we had a bills guy by us sitting That's in the stands. Right. Yeah. I remember him. Um, yeah. That guy. Um, that's cool. I might want to, depending on the time of year, actually maybe not even depending on the time of year. That might be a trip, man. It is an underrated city. I mean, you can make all the jokes been you there. want about Buffalo, but that little downtown area is uh, is pretty fun. And they have, a, I think it's called Canal, or Channel Side or Canal Side, which is pretty fun. There's some breweries right downtown. There's a casino there. Um, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, I, I would uh, if giant fans are you know listening or watching this, we should all make a road trip up there. So it's not it's an easy flight. You know, you could drive is not the worst thing ever. We did it last year for baseball, but uh, yeah, we should we could consider it. Yeah, that's definitely on a short list for stadiums I would like to go to. Yep. Um, and hey, um, you don't have to worry about getting beat up. Uniforms look basically the same. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah. We're, we're going to get into the game. The Giants are playing the Lions this week, as we all know. Just a little bit of news first. Uh, big stuff, in my opinion. Uh, mm-hmm. Nick Gates. So so Josh Zudu got an MRI, I think, on his neck. 
he is now looking less likely to play than we just assumed. Um, but on the flip side, Shane Lemieux returned to practice. Mm. Uh, Nick Gates practiced with the ones today with Shane Lemieux. They split reps. And Evan Neal returned to practice already, which is faster than I expected. I don't know about you. Um, uh, I knew, sure. I knew, I knew it would be after the bye, but for some reason, this just seemed fast. I felt like it was a four to six week thing. Was my time frame? Like we're not going to see him for quite a while, but this is fantastic. I mean, just think. Of I think he'll probably be more like the Thanksgiving game. I think. Mm-hmm. Which shit? I don't even know when we're going to record this fucking week. Damn. Okay. <laughs> uh, we'll deal with that as it comes. Yeah. <laughs> um, damn, Get through this sh- one first. <laughs> the short weeks are brutal, man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's all. That's a good stuff. Ben Bredesen was caught running on the side earlier this week. Caught. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Busted. Yeah. Now he's running uh, with a trainer on the side. That's also good. Um, he was playing at a pretty high level under Bobby Johnson, which I think we, we talked about Bobby Johnson and what he's been able to do with this offensive line, which is mostly holdover from last year on the interior, with the exception of Feliciano. Um, he's he's gotten Ben Bredesen to do something, which last year he was unbelievably bad. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So that's all. That's all some pretty good news. Bad news. Wandale Robinson looking less and less likely to play. Showed up on the injury report with a hammy. Um, that is a bummer because as Giants fans know, wide receivers for this franchise are hard to come by. So it's, it's, it's like painful, right? It's like we lose one, we get one, you know, Isaiah Hodgins comes in as two for two last week, actually looked pretty decent. And you know, now we, now we lose one. Wanda Robinson, not likely to play. You know, it's two injuries this year. I wouldn't be shocked if he's traded next year, but that's just me. (laughs) Um, other uh, Kenny Galladay also on the injury report with a hamstring injury, but I think he's still going to play. Whether he gets reps or not, I don't. I don't know. What do you think? Do you think he gets? He's got to get reps, right? We. I think we had this conversation, right? Like you got to get something out of him, right? You know, I was. I was actually stumping for him. We had a pretty good debate about that in the last episode. Uh, I mean, if Wandell's not playing and you are down to the bare scraps, I mean, at this point, he may be awful, but. I mean, is there really any difference in a guy coming off the street that you're going to sign or him? I mean, I, I guess you have to throw him out there. Um, I do want to make a, you know, discuss his comments. I think it was today or yesterday where he was being interviewed at his locker and he made the comment that he doesn't really care what the fans think. Wait, I'm going to stop you because it's important the question that he was asked. Okay. He was asked about the fans getting on him for the drops and if that bothers him. Mm-hmm. And his answer was, I don't really care about the fans. Now, is that phrased properly? Is he say that the best way? Maybe not, but he shouldn't. I don't want him to care about me. I'm not his boss. Dude, we're, we sit around people who boo the dumbest shit sometimes. Yeah, but, but that is stuff that you should keep in your head to yourself. I mean, we know what public perception is on this team, and we know how things can snowball out of control Really quickly with this team. I think this is already snowballing. This comment to me is not. This is this is what I want him to say. I don't want him to be concerned with me. You know how you get the yips. You care about people, but you don't. You get, your job know, is one thing and one thing only. You got one set of bosses. But you also know this is you know a social media clip world where you laid out the exact context of what the question was and how we answered it. And even I presented it as. The little clippable piece. I would bet you for every person who knows the full context of what he said, there's probably 15 fans that don't know it and have already are, you know, 
ready with, with knives out on Sunday to really go after this guy and really have him become an Ed Whitson or, or any other, you know, guy who played in this market where, you know, he's unplayable here anymore. I mean, it's well, bad he, he, Look, look, he's such a I'm going to say that it is. The, the video clip is nine fucking seconds. If people can't get the context because they skipped the first seven seconds of that video, I don't know what to tell them. It's under 10 seconds. I'm not talking about a bunch of menses that are doing this. I'm just saying the way it is. And I just think, you know, for for having, you know, as much of a disaster of a game as you could possibly have on top of everything that's gone wrong with him for the last two years, it was, it was really stupid to say because you know people are going to run with it. And... I think you're it's running. Not, I didn't really see people running. Cut him. They're not going to cut him over it, but it's just one of those things where if you're ever trying to get in good graces with anybody or anything, it's, it's just not smart. So it just what's the like answer? That, what's the answer? How do you answer that question? I just go out there and every day is work as hard as I can and, and try to improve every day in practice. And when they call my number, I'm ready to play. Dumb. That's, dumb. It's dumb. It, it's, it's, it's damage control. Everything else you do say is damaging to you. I don't think that's damn. I don't have any issue with that. You don't, but a lot of people do. A lot of people have a lot of issues with dumb shit. Yeah. And that will never right. change. Right. And but why? Why? No, because because if you took if you took a gotcha answer out of that, then you were going to take a gotcha answer no matter what he said. That's my and point. It, though. And my point is, if he said what you said, they'd be like, "Yeah, he can say that, but he's got to show up on Sunday." If you can't take, I don't really care about the fans. That's not really my job. Um, then, then you were, you were going to take whatever he said and twist it anyway. It doesn't matter. He wasn't going to win anybody over no matter what he said. Even That's, if he said, you're absolutely right. The fans should get on my case. I can't catch it. They're still going to get on his case. They don't care. It's not about what he says. It's never about what he says. It's never about what coaches say. It's never what about GM say. It's always smart. what you do. I mean, you are, again, I, I think you're in the minority of the way, you know, the, the masses feel. And the way they think. And right now, it's like basically he's being thrown to the lions at the Coliseum right now. It's and it's not – and I'm not saying that he is faultless in this. I mean this is 100% his fault. He is not producing on the field. Absolutely. And so he's not an innocent victim in all this thing, but he's also not helping his case. Well, all right. Can we agree on this? We have guys who their whole job is to go to the locker room and ask them questions this mm-hmm. is this is a dumb question. I hate yep. this question. I hate our I so I you know, we kind of talking to some people, whatever. I, I don't really love the way our beat handles things. Our beat doesn't ask smart questions. Right. I very rarely see a question where I'm like, huh, I never thought of it that way. They write smart pieces. They're not dumb people. I'm not saying that our beat are dumb people. I'm saying they take their media their their access to players and they don't make a hundred percent out of it. Asking this fucking question is is getting that sound bite. Go fuck yourself. I don't care. That's the her dumb, talk now. Do you remember the dumbass <laughs> question they asked Brian Dable? About, why do you sometimes yell at guys on the sideline? This is the stupidest fucking question this I've is, ever fucking heard. And this is why when I ever see Dave Portney again at the Starbucks next to my apartment, I'm going to punch his lights out because people like him have created Gotcha Nation. You know, the quick soundbite, the, you know, the... This type of attitude of like, you know, getting people to say stupid things and them saying stupid things and, and overreacting to stupid things. I mean, people like in the, the reporters no longer are trying to get the truth or trying to get the story. No, they're trying I, to I, look, they're I, all I wanna, trying to 
you know, it's a very general statement. I don't want to say that because I don't want to say reporters now are doing this. I'm just saying this stuff mixed in with the media makes the media unlistenable as a whole, and that's damaging for everyone. Agreed. You know what I mean? And, that, that's and why do you think like circulation for newspapers is down? Why do you think ratings for sports radio is way down? All that you know, generalized stuff is. It, it, that's 1990s. That's 2000. It's just such a stupid fucking question. What do you think he thinks when the when 80,000 people boo him? You think he's happy? No, he's he wants 80,000 people to cheer him on. He wants to make more money. He wants to be good. Of course he wants to be good. Yep, they, they so set the stupid. trap and he fell into it. Yeah. It's, I don't think he fell into it. It's just I look. He's not beholden to us. We didn't sign. It's not 72 million of our dollars. It isn't. It's 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 the organization he's beholden to his bosses his bosses are the coaches do you think the wide he gets receivers booed? coach brian dables coach and Let me ask Mike you do you think he gets booed right now because of the contract or this the fact that he's just bad do you think people have pretty much given up on the contract part that that's sunk cost and it's just like this guy is awful get him off the field i don't know i don't know i don't know which factors in because I don't think people care about the contract if he's producing. Right. I, I don't. At this point, too, I think that everybody because knows. we all signed up for that contract. I don't think anyone. Yeah. I mean, there were, there were people that were like, "This is a lot of fucking money." Don't get me wrong. There were definitely people that thought that was a lot of money, but I think people were just more excited about what they were getting than what they were spending. Right. And that's perfectly fine because sometimes you pay top dollar, you get top talent. Um, so I, I think it's more that he's not producing. I think. If he's $72 million and we can't sign somebody else because of it, like, you don't hear a ton of chatter about Leonard Williams' contract, do you? A little bit here and there, but not a lot, right? Because there was a little gripe. You know what it was? There was griping about A, what we gave up for him at the time, and then knowing we'd have to re sign him anyway. But that's all gone away because, like, to your point, he produces. He produces. produces. He produces. So I I think it's just that he's sucked. That's it. And and it's mm. not just that he sucked; it's that he he didn't put up. He didn't fix a bad offense last year, and now he is not even a part of a decent offense this year. And I think that's really what it is. Yeah. At the end of the day, I don't. I don't know. I don't like to give myself that much credit by telling myself I'm intelligent for not caring about that answer. But I guess I guess we are in some kind of. Well, you think here. about bigger, more important things than stuff like that. I mean, when he was booed to me. You know, after that second catch and there was all that booing, I thought in the back of my mind, that's going to be like a back page, you know, picture or story or something where. Oh, man, if they lost, that would have been the headline. Exactly. Exactly. Fortunately, we won and it became a non, a relatively non-issue in the big scheme of things. But if we lose that game, you know, there have been some, you know, witty pun in the back of the post, a picture of him, you know, dropping the pass and stuff. And, you know, he'd be the face of that loss. Next next time you say witty pun, you got to do the air quotes. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i forgot um, it's a law you have to do that <laughs> yeah well if it if it ain't witty um <laughs> uh yeah i mean i don't know i i yeah. guess i guess the best answer is listen the fans should boo anyone that's not producing and i'm not producing and i have to keep working to get better and do what i gotta do and but i, I guess that's the perfect from, answer but we're not booers me and you though I never thought I boo the officials just about every we were we were booing oh, sure. hard. I w- I was booing hard during that review last week. Yeah, but I would say well that was just we never talked about that. Why that took so long for something No, like we that. did. We did. On the show we did? Pretty sure. 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure because because I like inter- I was like I, I know what you guys saw on the broadcast. You didn't see what we saw because they cut the okay, commercial gotcha. and whatever. I mean, we really watched the same camera angle and the same five frames for three and a half minutes. Yeah, because we were like it was a whole song. Guys, I'm um, getting really old. Sometimes I forget things. Well, I wasn't sure because I have the same fucking conversations I have with you with like everybody at work because they just <laughs> they all ask me and then they go to the gym and they're like, oh, what'd you think of the game? And I got the same thing. Um, Subscribe to Just Giants. What like, we didn't talk about. You'll get our, our thoughts. <laughs> right. What we didn't talk about, the other time I booed was the clear OPI, Nico Collins. And I when I rewatched the broadcast, they didn't really show when it happened. They don't mm-hmm. really show the separation point. They just show him like open in the end zone. It was a total push off. Mm-hmm. It was, I mean, like people, that happened in the end zone right in front of us too. So the people around us were freaking the fuck out. Um that was that was the other time I booed. That was pretty bad. Right, I, I'm just not a booer because to me it's not productive. I agree. Because Generally we, speaking, I'm not a booer. You know something? We're just trying to get. We're just trying to win. And you know something? I'm trying to do everything as I can as a fan to you know. I know cheering doesn't make that much. A loud stadium, you know, may help with you know snap counts and stuff. But at the end of the day, snooing, snooing, booing snooing. is is just counterproductive. And there's other ways to show your you know your and also, it's like, what are you going to do? Like, you're booing the guy. It's like he's going to start pressing. It's going to make a bad situation worse. So I have I've never been a booer of my own team. Now, when Florida State comes on the field or the Eagles come on the field, they're getting the boos with some double bullets. But, you know, that's not my that's not my shot. army. Yeah, not my yeah. guys. I, I, I agree. Um, I'm not much of a booer. I don't know that I ever have, maybe. Maybe I booed decisions by coaches or something. I, I can't really remember. But I'm not generally not much of a booer. Um, I agree with you. I don't think it's very helpful. And I think yeah. oftentimes it's like you sit around people long enough, you identify the dummies halfway through the game. Those are generally the booers, right? They're usually the ones who are screaming during the national anthems or doing You know right away, okay, we're next to some meatheads. So, yeah. um, Let's see. We, I do want to talk about something from last week. Upon further sure. review, the Houston game. Uh, this isn't something that happened necessarily in the Houston game, but so much – it's more so the wake of it, right? Yeah. So I was kind of – I think – look, the Giants won that game. We kind of expected them to win. We we can't take any game for granted, but I we were we felt fairly confident about winning that game against Houston, right? We felt it was a game they should win. Exactly. Um, that being said, it, we did not expect Washington – to beat Philly. Dallas and Green Bay was kind of a toss-up. The whole weekend kind of went in the Giants' favor, right? To put them as high up in the NFC East standings as possible. God, yeah. And I think in retrospect, me complaining about the win, uh, in, in the, I kind of complained about how we, we just kept running the ball into walls because we were just controlling the clock and we weren't really putting a bad team away. Um, makes me look a little bit more grumpy than I am. I am ecstatic. <laughs> I mean, when you look at how we started that episode before we got into the the nitty gritty of it all, mm-hmm. we were smiling and laughing, and we were talking about how great it was that we were, you know, one game out of first place, not just in the division but in the conference. Right. Um, and I I still do feel that way. I mean, this is insane. Uh, the fact that it's almost a lock that we're going to the playoffs is is beyond my imagination of what the season was going to be. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to double down on what – like, so 
this week, so I, I spend all week listening to trying to find opposition podcasts, just get the pulse of what their fan base thinks of this matchup. And it's been interesting because every single team we've played, their fan base is pretty sure they have a shot to win. I'm fucking sick of that. Well, I'm sick of it, man. You know, it's not just other fan bases. It is, you know, it's Vegas. I mean, we opened as a one and a half point favorite. I mean, we're eight and two. They have, what, three wins? We're at home. You know, you know how it goes, Grump. We, you know, basically, you get three points just for playing at home. So Vegas and the betting public thought there was a better – they'd rather put their money on us losing at home to a, a three-win team than a team that, you know, could theoretically be first in the conference next week. I There's am, no respect I'm, for this team. I don't I – don't, love the oh we love to be slept on mentality i don't i don't care about that i want teams to be put away i want teams to feel it in the third quarter i remember in 2009 we started off 5 and 0 this is like a famous season right because this is like the the first year post Plaxico Burris, we were still a good core, but we didn't have that deep threat. And we that whole season shit the bed. Spagnuolo left. We had Bill Sheridan as defensive coordinator. He was horrible. And everything ended at week six. We went to New Orleans. And from there on, it right. was just a bad season. But up until then, we were 5-0. and We went to Tampa Bay. They didn't get a first down until the second half. Oh, remember that? Yeah. I remember that. Remember that rice year they had when they finally got that first down? Yes, I do. And I'm pretty sure... They fumbled the opening kickoff. We put teams away. We didn't do this hokey shit. I understand. I get it. We're not that good. We're we're out kicking our coverage a little bit. Last week was a chance for us to just end shit. And we didn't fucking do it. We're we're, we're doing little apples and oranges here with this. So let me ask you something. The fact we didn't put away Houston last week, do you think our perception around the league has changed because like – well, we're not that good. We barely beat a team. I think it's the fact that we have at no point this year dominated anything. Nothing. The come from behind stuff is nice, obviously. First of all, I'm not complaining about any win. I'm not complaining about a single win. What I am frustrated with is just I don't like pussy coaching decisions. And I felt like uh. just doing a 35-17 run-pass ratio was a little bit much. And I think that especially since the passing game was working and it was working well. Uh, I, I just, you know, I get that maybe there's stuff that Mike Kafka doesn't want on put, doesn't want to put on film yet. That's probably true. That's fair enough. I'm just frustrated that we're not putting anyone away because these Lions fans, they really think that they can win this game. And I, not just fans, like this, like the literal beat, like the the, well, the official well, Lions thinks, podcast. Yeah, Vegas thinks that you know it, this game's a toss up, basically. And to be fair, I don't feel the best about this game. This team has they, I, look. I, we should I be winning. I feel this best game. about honest, again. I'm trying to keep this season in perspective and this team perspective. That I wouldn't. I don't feel comfortable that we should beat anybody in the NFL right now. But do you think that you would feel a little bit differently if we scored 30 points against Houston? No. Because really? we, we, we pretty much dominated that game, I felt. And we didn't— Boy, we stayed really long time for a game we We stayed dominated. long, but there was, that game was never—I was never in doubt we were going to lose. And I felt like we were in control 
for the most part of both sides of the ball in that game. That's yes, but you are you are you have to take into account the two takeaways in our red zone because okay, they well, threw a pick and they fumbled. I mean, you think about those those two they were in our red zone both times. Make those field goals and it's an instantly closer game. And now you would have been worried. Yes, right. I understand. Wait, 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 it, but, I would have been, the score was close. I've been. I just never felt like there, I never felt for one minute in that game we were going to lose. And that to me feels like you've controlled the game. We yeah. stayed to the end because you know. It's a they can't come back. It's officially over. But I never, I never felt like they were going to drive down the field, score, either get a quick stop or an onside kick, score again. I never did feel that. But we okay, stayed. Well, but it okay, was, it's week eleven, so I think it's fair that we can grab the four worst teams in the league, and they'll be the bottom four at the end of the year, right? Yeah, we have more. Is, more. is Houston in that group? I would say so. Then we didn't do good enough. We're an eight and two team, man. There's eight and two teams, and there's eight and two teams. We've been saying that all year. You're telling me you wouldn't feel better about this team if we had put over 30 points on them? I would. Because I mean, we haven't I'd, done I'd it be, yet. I'd feel happier. I don't think it would change my perception of this team necessarily. It would make me feel that these games that we should win, I would feel more comfortable with. And that includes this game against the Lions. So that's I guess that's just really my point. It's my personal feeling. So yeah, I think nobody I, I else think has to agree with it. It's fine. Yeah, I think that's his personal comfort level or... You know, I just I'm just frustrated because I know that they could have done better last week. That's my frustration, and, and that I makes, think some of that was a willing choice. And see, to me, I I look at that kind of there's still room for growth. Means that means we can get better. So as oh, we because well, as we're playing, you know, starting with this Detroit team that we shouldn't be overlooking, getting into Dallas, getting into Minnesota, getting into Philly, getting into Washington, you know, the rest of this thing that we still have room. For, we haven't peaked out on this team at all yet. And we have what you said earlier. We have offensive linemen coming back. You know, we'll have, you know, Wanda Robinson coming back at some point. We'll have, you know, we'll get healthier. So this team can get better. This team is still learning a new offense and still learning a new defense. And they're still playing. I mean, you don't just learn it either in week one or in year two. You play as you keep playing and get better and better. So I I see your point. Like, oh, we yeah, I just I don't think that... get them, but – I still felt like they played, they played good enough for. That wasn't a sloppy game. That wasn't a. No, we it wasn't played like a bad team. We just didn't score as much but, as. But that's my could. point. So you're saying that the, this team has room to grow. If they had won in sloppy fashion, I would say, man, if only they executed better. Whatever. This was a conscious decision to just keep running the ball into a wall. That's my point. My point is that we willingly left points on the field. I guess at the end of the day, I should feel better about that because we can always choose to not fucking do that, and we can we just were choose to be better. Yeah, but I guess I'm just and if we were just losing, frustrated. I hate if we're losing or it's a one score game or it's it's like we need we need a first down and we're just running three, you know, slamming the ball into the line where the odds of getting a first down are pretty low. Then you're just like, what are we doing? I think there was enough cushion, you know, with the score, you know, can. Wasn't the you know there was some wind out there? It wasn't the easiest conditions to have a passing game, you know. But it was I, working. I didn't have any problems with any of it. I don't think it, it didn't strike me as goddamn. This is frustrating. It was like okay, we're just trying to shorten this game and get out of here and you know onto Detroit. I was getting a little frustrated. Um, 
but that's okay. It's okay for yeah. me to feel a thing that nobody else does too. So that's, that's yes. Okay. This is picking nits, and that's we rather be picking nits in week ten than again starting our draft previews in week ten. Well, forget draft previews. We can talk about Pro Bowl. Yeah. Um, Giants have what nine people available for voting? I believe so. Um, I don't know. You want to talk about the Pro Bowl vote? Do you think the, not all nine are going to go? I don't think. No, Some of the guys no. on the list are not. Uh, there's one kind of player comp I want to. I want to play a little game with you. Okay. Called uh, guess the defensive lineman. Okay. All right. Defensive lineman number one. You can't see his face right now. He has five sacks, 31 pressures, two batted passes, and a passing grade of 90 this year. Dexter Lawrence. Defensive tackle number two has five sacks, 35 pressures, two battered passes, and a 91.6 rushing grade. Are these, rush grade. are these giants or are these players? These are players in the NFC. Okay. Shit. Okay. I did not know that when I immediately blurted that out. I'll do so, it again. Uh, they were very, very, very comparable stats, right? Yes. So we had uh, one had four more quarterback hits, or was that pressures? Pressures. Pressures. One had four more pressures. They had same sacks, same batted passes, and then similar pass rush grades. Yeah, the uh, one with the four more uh, pressures had a slightly higher pass grade. Don't tell me that's pass. Dexter Lawrence and Aaron Donald, is it? Dexter Lawrence has the better numbers, and Aaron Donald is second. Wow, that is impressive. Mm. We so have been, that, that actually puts him in all pro consideration, doesn't it? That's where I'm getting at. That we could talk Pro Bowl, but you know something, and I think around the league he's starting to get that. You know, this guy is a badass. He's having a monster year. I think it started when Aaron Rodgers pointed him out. Aaron mm -hmm. Rodgers said the offensive linemen are telling me number 97 was a real problem. Mm -hmm. um, and I think when, well, first of all, when Aaron Rodgers speaks, people listen. He also goes on Joe Rogan's podcast. Like, what's <laughs> week, so. the, the general masses, now it's not just, you know, football fanatics. It's casuals that are hearing it. So once you say that, then it becomes a household name. Things like the Pro Bowl, which are a popularity contest. I mean, now it's like, it should be easy pickings for him. Mm -hmm. um, he's still not going to be the Aaron Donald household name because this team isn't very good and hasn't been good. Uh, They're not playing prime time this year, but you know something that's going to change. You know, next year now this team. That's what I mean. Like you don't have the Chris Collinsworth. I'm going to blow this guy for a six. Let me tell you segment. something about Dexter Lawrence. Yeah. I love. And then they're going to give you some crazy graphic with some pop music playing in the background <laughs> and Faith Hill doing a striptease on a pole or something like that. Ooh, if I mean, only, right? If only. Right? I almost had you for a minute there. If only Sunday Night Football were actually good. Uh, um, yeah. Um, that's pretty impressive. I think is Leonard, Leonard Williams is also a Pro Bowl voter uh, potential. Uh, I believe so. Yeah. I don't have his numbers in front of me. I, I was just doing no. some research today and I saw that. No, that's, like... that's incredible. I didn't know they were that level of comparable at all. Yeah. Um, I think it's Dexter Lawrence... Leonard Williams, Adoree Jackson, Julian Love, and Xavier McKinney on the defensive side. Offensive side, I believe, is Andrew Thomas, Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, and I think that's it. That's all it should be, honestly. I would say so. Um, but, I mean, what would our over-under number be before the season started? How many pro bowlers this team would have? The only one I would have thought would have been on offense would have been Andrew Thomas. Andrew Thomas. 
The only one Maybe. I would have thought on defense would have been probably Leonard Williams. It's probably the only one I would have thought because at a certain point when Maynard you're not good, worth anything. Yeah. yeah, when you're not good at a certain point, the guys who go in is just popularity, and right. he's a big name. So right, that's it is incredible. Not all nine are going to go, uh, you know, of course, but. Um, that's I think awesome. it, I think a lot has to do with the perception of these guys. Also, how we finish out. I mean, if we if we somehow win the East and get that one seed, I think you'll see guys who were on the edge get in. If we kind of stumble in, in December and kind of back into the playoffs, which I still can't believe we're even saying, that number might you know skew down a little bit. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Um. All right, do you want to talk about this game, this Lions game? Yeah. How do you feel? Uh, because, you know, we, we're saying the Lions are a three-win team. But, you know, going through watching their games, you don't even have to watch the games. You can just look at the scores to get my point here. This team does not lose by much. There are only two games in which they truly fucking <laughs> lost. They lost to the Patriots real hard, something like 30 to nothing. And they lost to the Cowboys real hard. Everyone else, it was tooth and nail um and i know that lions fans are positive that dan campbell is getting fired at the end of the year but man i don't think this team's very good and they are hanging real well and you know they even beat the bears last week by a point they bears missed an extra point and that's all the lions needed to win when you have the capability of a quick strike offense and scoring at any moment you can stay in a lot of games and they are Fourth in the NFL in explosive plays. They have 42 this year. That's plays of more than 20 yards. So, you know, if your average offense is kind of ho-hum, you know, but you could, you know, every once in a while have, you know, a big play where you flip the field or you score really quickly, it changes changes everything. So I don't think they're better than us by any stretch, but I am worried that if, you know, a game is shortened, like we've been – kind of been coaching up to and playing these last several weeks, that could backfire where the game is shortened and all of a sudden they hit an 80-yard bomb or just, a, you know, uh, running back, you know, shakes loose and, you know, scores on a 60-yard play or something. So we have to be careful. And this might be something where this week more than last week, to your point of I'd like to see them score more, especially with a defense that's pretty shitty, that – we may have to, you know, we get in the red zone. We're going to have to score because, again, we let them hang around. You know, the next thing you know, they could be ahead. That's 100% my point. I'm I'm sick of letting teams hang around. Fuck these teams. Dominate them if you can. Score. Put yeah. your foot on their throat and don't let them up. What are your thoughts on – so, so um, to, to your point about the explosive plays, that's an excellent point. They are an extremely good running team and – they're a pretty good passing team. Amonra St. Brown is coming into his own as a um, – I don't want to hey, say necessarily – what's up? I got some numbers for you for that. They're they're eighth in the league in passing yards. They're 11th in rushing yards. They are ninth in points overall. Yeah. Uh, Amonra St. Brown ran all over – I mean ran. He catch and ran um, all over their competition okay. last week. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they really have something going with Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift as a – um, duo in the backfield, although more mm-hmm. Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift, I think. But I want to know what your thoughts are because you have like a longer viewing time of Jared Goff than I do. 
uh, <laughs> because you watched them a little bit more in college than I did. Yeah, the wife went to Cal, so, you know, I've seen Aaron Rodgers. I've seen Jarek Goff. I've seen all the good and bad and the ugly from uh, from Cal. I mean, I never thought he was a number one overall pick-worthy quarterback, and probably in a year where there were better uh, – a better prospect class of quarterbacks, he wouldn't have not have been the first one. But I think, uh, you know, if you give him a good running game, you give him a good offensive line, you give him weapons around him, I think he could be pretty good. Um, do you think if he was on that Rams team last year, the Rams win the Super Bowl? Or do you no. think, do you think uh, Stafford was the special sauce? Well, I'll answer that. But first, did you, what was your perception of the trade at the time? even trade flip a coin who cares or did you think one team kind of got the better player i thought it was kind of a who cares uh matthew stafford i've had a, a longer history at matthew stafford i think than with jared goff from watching him at georgia right i always thought he was kind of like a dan fouts guy where he's gonna put up big numbers but empty numbers you know he's gonna throw 50 times have 412 yards and they lose one of those type of guys i never thought he was a winner so I thought it was kind of a – he might be a better player, a better stack guy, but I never thought he was that much better of a quarterback to really make me think, oh, the balance of power has shifted or that's going to put the Rams over the edge. So I kind of agree with you. I think he is more of a numbers guy than he is a winner, kind of in that Philip Rivers category. where like mm -hmm. Rivers is like a fantasy darling. Right. He didn't win shit. Um, right. But I don't even think there's a comparison between Matthew Stafford and Jared Goff. Um, I thought the Rams were a clear winner in that trade. Matthew Stafford for years suffered in Detroit. Um, and, you know, he gets he gets a lot of criticism for just kind of throwing blindly up to Megatron and gaining yards that way. But he also does a lot of shit on the move. He does mm -hmm. a lot of stuff on the move. He's a tough son of a bitch, plays hurt all the time. <laughs> um he can make stuff work, and putting him in an offense that had a lot of talent around him and let guys run free. I mean, it is clear. This is the same coach that had Jared Goff. It was a night and day difference with that Rams team when you subbed out the quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. I kind of could see that coming. To me, when I look at Jared Goff, he's a guy with a great arm that can make all the throws, but is a fucking statue in the pocket, is awkward on the run, and it seemed pretty clear over the years that he is not really good at reading defenses pre or post snap. I mean, they, the, the news kind of came out in his original success in McVay's offense that, you know, that hurry up shit where they got up to the line is because McVay was making all the calls in his helmet because the radio was still on because there's so much time on the play clock still. Mm -hmm. So you had a quarterback that really never quite did that. And, that's a liability in this day and age. You know, before 1999, Peyton Manning came along, was a coach on the field. Right. The quarterbacks weren't really expected to do that. Now it's it's standard. You have to be able to do that. At least also, the pre-snap reading. Quarterbacks that are statues are very 1999 as well. Also true. I mean, don't get me wrong. He can move, but like he kind of sort of moves the same way Eli moved. Mm -hmm. He's not. He's not a not a willing runner. runner. Yeah. No, he looks and he looks even worse improvised running like right. like trying to escape pressure he he doesn't look natural at it and that being said i think that is the key to this win defensively 
blitz the shit out of this motherfucker. He sucks versus the blitz. You look at the at the stats, and he's not so bad, but that's where his picks come. Four interceptions against the blitz this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that you can confuse him with looks the same way we were confusing Davis Mills. Probably you know, not to the same extent, but same idea. Keep <laughs> that's sending that's Jason- quite an indictment, too, because— He's been in the league long enough now that he that, should But that's that my point. I don't easily. think he was ever that guy. No. Um, I think they should keep sending Jason Pinnock. You know, mm-hmm. I understand that he's only getting snaps because Xavier McKinney's out, but that that is what it is. And last week, the dude had basically two sacks, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think that that is a winning formula. This, to me, is going to come down to a really, really, really interesting stat, and that's the red zone stat. Detroit's offense, like you said, they're, what, ninth in, in passing, 11th in running, or maybe I flipped those. Eighth in passing, 11th in rushing, ninth in points. Cool. There we go. Those are the numbers. <laughs> they are fifth in red zone efficiency. The Giants' defense is second in red zone defense. And that, to me, is where this game is going to be won and lost. I think there's going to be times where Jamal Williams is going to break free. I think there's going to be times where Amonra St. Brown is going to break a tackle and he's going to get yards. But as long as they keep them out of the end zone, the game will be won and lost between the 20 and the end zone. Yep. And that's it. Yeah. It's really strange. You know, we've had this debate a couple of times where I've been like, Giants run defense is not very good. And you're like, you're crazy. I'm like, well, they're 25th in the league. And, you know, their eye test and that red zone efficiency of defense do not tell the same story of their, you know, the amount of yards they've given up this year. I mean, we've held some pretty good running backs relatively in check this year. I didn't we, – we missed this stat. Bobby Skinner put it on Talking Giants, so 100% credit to him for this. But, you know, we, I pointed out how they held Damian Pierce to under 100 yards, 95 Dexter Lawrence was taken off the field. He had 60 of those 95 yards on that those three plays that yeah. Dexter Lawrence was on the field. If they didn't do that, there's a chance that he doesn't even crack 50 yards in that game. Yeah, yeah. So that was a little bit closer. But the numbers are the numbers. At the end of the day, they have to get guys off the field. They have to account for all the possible runners, whether that be a wide receiver on a jet sweep or DeAndre Swift or um, – Jamal Williams or whomever. Well, um, you know, a good way to uh, keep their offense off the field is to keep our offense on the field, and their defense is pretty weak. The thirty-first, yeah, I mean, the thirty-first in the league in rushing yards given up. Yeah, and I mean, and that's our bread and butter. Yep. They're um, also twenty-seventh in the league in passing yards given up too. So it's not just you know a lockdown secondary, and, and you know people just running against them. They really can't stop much of anybody. They're last in the league in total yards given up. And and I think that that's where this comes in. I know maybe the Giants are still saving the Daniel Jones bootleg for a more important game. And when I say that, I mean a division game. Um, but the Daniel Jones bootleg has been kind of removed from the playbook for the last couple weeks, even though it worked to extreme success. Mm-hmm. Um, the zone read really has been removed from the playbook, even though that worked to extreme success earlier in the year. I think that that stuff is, there's a chance that that might still stay to the side until a division game, whether it be Eagles, Dallas, or Washington. But I think they can kind of get rid of the eight linemen thing that they were doing last week. I think that shit's got to go. Um, 
but hit him with RPO instead. Like you said, they're not good against the run or the pass. Hit mm-hmm. him with the run. Let them get sucked up. Do the play action. Do the RPO. Give them the run pass option. Let the linebackers get sucked up and hit slants behind it, man. Hit them. Hit them where it hurts. Get them fooled. Get them sucked up. Getting them. Get them to cheat. Um, and I think I. And most importantly, don't take your foot off the gas because this team will fight back to the end. Yeah, this is this is a different team than Houston. I, I don't think Houston had the capability. Lovey Smith of, of, is very all the Santa Claus of his beard. Dan Campbell is not. Right. Right. I mean, it's a completely different game plan for a completely different opponent that we're playing. And I I think they're going to come out throwing the ball a lot more than they did last week. And I think they are going to commit to it. I think this is a game like this is exactly your point. You have to put a team like this away or have enough of a cushion where they have to give up the run and they have to throw all the time. Have them down by three scores. I agree with you. Yeah. And that changes that changes them out of what they want to do. And to put him in, you know, and a guy like Jared Goff, you know, who who does does make mistakes and he does, you know, you know, has a has a dumb turnover here and there. Put him in situations where he can do that more. So I I don't think you're gonna see the same game plan as last week. And I think I I don't believe I don't believe in hiding things for division opponents down the road. I mean you know my feelings on this league. You got to win this week to get to next week. So I think, I think you're going to see a more open book because I think they need it more than they did last week. All right. I would. Why don't, why don't you hit me with your prediction? Give me a score. Give me. Give me what your thoughts are. I think this team is insulted by the lack of respect they're getting. I would be. I am as a Giant fan. I. I'm going back to that line again. I know it doesn't mean anything at the end of the day, but the fact that. We are still looked at as a fluky eight. Um, what was our record? Seven and two now. Eight and two. What are we? Eight and two. Seven eight and two. two. Jesus, it's hard even to say. Yeah. It's... Wait. What is it now? Now I'm confused. <laughs> I don't know. I have to look it up. I feel so stupid right now. I. You know, I swear I've only had this one beer. <laughs> well, I've had this old man now for quite a while. This head. We are seven and two. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, well, <laughs> we may or may not edit that last thirty seconds to save that for your your lives. But uh, you know, this we are, th- there is still a perception around this team, the league, that this is a phantom seven and two team. And we've watched this team every week. You know, again, they're not the seventy two Dolphins, but they're also not Detroit. We are a better team than them. We are playing better. We're at home. This fan base is, you know, they're starting to froth at the mouth. It's a one o'clock game again. The uh, the real fans will be there again. They know Dallas is four four or five days away. We're going to win this game, and I think we're going to see more of that offense that Grump really wants. So Grump won't be so grumpy. Let's look at thirty-one. 21 Giants win. I think that you're most of the way right. I, I, I agree with you. I think that they're going to open up the playbook. I think they are going to do a lot of the things that we said. Um, I don't think they're going to throw for under 20 attempts this game. No. I do wonder if Kenny Galladay will have an impact. It would be ironic, I guess, or just, I don't know, I guess coincidental uh, against his former team. Um, that would just be kind of a fun story, not really important. 
But I do think that I think that we this need defense. Him. I think that this defense is playing even better than the numbers show when you consider the fact that the offense is not really stellar. Um, Agreed. And I think that that's really where this comes in. But I do think this game is a little bit closer than you do because I think this Detroit team is a little bit better at some things. Uh, I think they're very good at the run, and I think that will come to bite us in some scenarios just down the stretch of this game. But I think this game is kind of in our rearview mirror in the same way that Houston was. Uh, and I think Detroit is just kind of scratching and clawing their way back. But I don't think they get close enough to win. It'll be a little bit more of a nail-biter than Houston was. But at, at the end, I mean, uh, as they kind of scratch and claw. But 31-26 is kind of where I feel that this is going to end. Um, I feel pretty good about this game. I'm a little bit floored at how confident Lions fans beat podcasters are. Uh, it, it's it's frustrating to me. It frustrates me a lot because this team is good. Yeah. At the end of the, it's it's time to stop saying like oh they're fluky. It's well, not fluky to beat the Ravens. It's not fluky <laughs> to win on the road in London against the Packers at that time. It's not fluky. again. Remember we you know. Most people's association with the Giants are, you know, seeing scores and highlights. We're not on national TV that much. You know, you know, we know all about the Packers. We know all about Denver. We know all about Dallas. They're on every week. You can see them, you know, multiple times each month. And I think this is one of those things where, you know, you got to see it with your own eyes to believe it. And then, you know, Detroit fans, remember, also have such a low bar for feeling good about themselves. I mean, how many playoff wins they've had in the last 500 years? Not many. So they win two in a row. They're starting to, you know, walk around with a stiffy. And then you, you, you put on to the fact that, you know, they see, you know, oh, Giants, 8-2, and two, the team that sucked for so many years, the, the team that, uh, you know, did a quarterback sneak last year, that team, really? So, you know, let, let them have all the perception they want. Um, we'll see you on the field on Sunday. Washington gets to play Houston this week in Houston. I think every other NFC East team is playing on the road this week. I'm pretty sure. Washington's going to Houston. I'm feeling that Washington continues to roll, huh? Went back and forth on this one a couple times. Okay. Um, <coughs> watch, uh, Houston is actually not played bad the last two weeks. You know, you were nervous that you were nervous they were going to win. You know, the week before they played that Thursday night in Philly and didn't play that awful. Um, you know, I'm going to go on a limb. I'm going to say Houston wins this game. I think there's a lot of, I, I feel a little bit of that same kind of, uh, you know, puffing the chest of the Washington fan base is the, the Detroit fan base right now. And they win a couple of games and they're getting a little ahead of themselves. I've stuck with this all year that I don't think they're a very good team, and I still don't think they're a very good team. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick – I guess it's an upset. I'm going to pick Houston to win this one. Uh, close score, but they win. Dallas is going to Minnesota. I think Dallas is going to start reeling. Uh, they lost to Green Bay in kind of garbagey fashion. Um, choked. <laughs> they, cho- they they straight up choked. I I am serious. I don't think Dak Prescott is that good. I I finally had this conversation with somebody else. Somebody said to me, "Is Dak Prescott really that good?" And I was like, "Thank you. I don't think so. I think he has had the benefit of being pretty good and on a great team for a long time now." Um, 
I think Minnesota wins. Minnesota continues to roll. They get to play at home. I think Dallas, I, I think that they have real issues, and I think their coach sucks. What do you think? I get the sense that Minnesota is one of the few places in this league where you don't have a Cowboy fan invasion like New York, Arizona, you know, places like that. I think it's going to be this Minnesota fan base and this Minnesota team is they're ready. And this team has been playing really well. Um, is it a, is it a, the four thirty game on Sunday or is it? I think uh, so yeah, I'll look it up. Okay. Um, I, I, I agree with you. I am never going to be a, a, a Kirk Cousins uh, believer until I see it. <laughs> I think sort of like how I feel about Matthew Stafford and Stafford won a Super Bowl. Um, but yeah, Dallas is at a crossroads right now where, you know, they got to play Minnesota and us in five days. Mm-hmm. And that's also them playing Minnesota and then playing us four days later is something interesting we should be thinking about as we start prepping for, you know, the Dallas talk and everything that we're playing Detroit, they're playing Minnesota. Right. Um, you know, a Super Bowl contender right now. Um I think Minnesota keeps winning. They'll win this game. Philadelphia plays Jeff Saturday's Indianapolis Colts. Um, are you a believer in Jeff Saturday? Because I'm sure not. I think nope. Philadelphia's got this one. Also, side note, Philadelphia signing old, washed-up defensive tackles and Dominican Sue and Linville Joseph is not a good thing. These guys are not being asked to be starters down the stress. They're being asked to fill a gap temporarily while Jordan Davis recovers, and they get to be here as rotation for him and Fletcher Cox throughout the stretch. So, no, that's not a good thing in my opinion. I think that's actually horrible for us. I don't okay, I, I know where you're going with that. I was like, this is a good thing for them that they're not being relied on. No, so, it's, a, okay, it's I, a horrible thing for us. For, for us. Yeah, yeah, okay, I'm that seeing people – I saw one opinion that they thought that that meant it was bad news for Jordan Davis's recovery. I don't see that shit at all. I, I see a team that got run all over in the wake of one player's injury, and now suddenly their lead – is cut down to one game and they're not having that. You know anymore. what I see? I see a very smart front office that if they have the opportunity to improve for one or two games and not because they know they're going to be in a dogfight potentially with Minnesota, Dallas, the Giants for that one seed. Take and no fucking chances. Exactly. They're they're not they're not doing the mindset of oh you know this week we'll we'll look past Indianapolis and we'll worry about next weekend. They are dotting I's and crossing T's and you know they have I'm assuming they have cap space to do these things I mean these aren't moves we really can make right now but you know good for them and I think it's very very smart you don't take any team in this league for granted and uh yeah college weekend I am excited to watch a Pac-12 matchup which means I guess I'm staying up late um, although I guess next year I'm going to have to start getting ready, used to calling them like what the pack one. Well, I don't know. What that <laughs> I don't um, know when that, uh, when they're moving over, <laughs> uh, but USC and UCLA is a good set of talent. I have not set aside time to just sit and watch UCLA yet, but they have some serious talent with, with Charbonnet is putting up insane numbers. Jake Bobo, a tall wide receiver, putting up huge numbers. USC also had two wide receivers, Mario Williams, Jordan Addison, and a cornerback, uh, Makai Blackman, has two interceptions this year. This is a, this is a good matchup on the on the Pacific side. I'm excited you know, to watch uh, this one. Chip Kelly, you know, he fucked over Florida. 
he, he could have been our coach and he, he, he bailed at the last minute and went to uh, UCLA and, you know, struggled in the beginning. But what college programs probably should do more is have patience and let good coaches get their guys in, get their, you know, have a few recruiting classes. And this is the best UCLA has been in quite a while. I think, I think it's going to be a really good game. Uh, the good thing is that the Florida game is 11 a.m., so I'll, I'll be back and can watch that back at the hotel later. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to that. Also, side note, these guys that I'm watching and, and creating player profiles for ahead of the draft, it, it's cool that the Senior Bowl is starting to announce the guys that are, are going, and they're already guys that I have some work done on. So I'm I'm really excited to see them up close in February or whenever the hell that is. I'm pretty sure that's February. Um, I, I'm, I'm excited for that. It just – we're starting to see a steamroll of tweets from Jim Nagy and the senior bowl itself of all these guys who were accepted the invite. And uh, I don't know. It's really cool. Yeah. I don't know. Random side note. I don't know why I brought that up. I'm looking for, I'll be going this year with you guys. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, that is pretty much it for this weekend. So we will be at the tailgate on Sunday, November 20th, one o'clock at MetLife stadium. I'm going to be there as early as the first train allows. Uh, I will be. I got, uh, I got yelled at. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be on that 6 a.m. flight from Nashville to LaGuardia, and then three trains later, I will be at the Meadowland. So I will not be there at the first beer that shotgunned, but I will be there for most of the activities. So I'm looking forward to seeing all our friends over there. Yeah, you be you. <laughs> that that'll be will be there in time to be bullied by everyone for not being able to flip a cup fast enough. So that, it's that's a tough crowd, man. Be. You know. It is. It is. But that's okay. That's iron sharp. The way we like iron, it. You know. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everyone. Be sure to download and subscribe uh, the episodes and stuff. iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube especially. Um, who knows if Twitter is going to be a thing. But hey, Twitter, we... at football underscore grown yeah. at the cranky fan. We just hit 350 subscribers on YouTube. So we really, really appreciate it. Uh, for everybody that stuck with us and inviting other people, we appreciate all our our friends and other podcasts who've helped us out. So thank you. So absolutely. We, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's going to do it for us. So we will see you next week, I guess Monday morning, right? Or uh, yeah. Tuesday morning, right? Yeah. We'll figure that out. We'll have to do a condensed week, but we'll figure something out. Shit sucks. All right, everyone. See you next week. Go Giants. Go Giants. Go Giants.